0: Well, uh, good to see you here. want to welcome those watching in Bothell, Issaquah, and Duval as well. Uh, we are in this series, Questionable, and what we're looking at are some of the questions that you've given. In fact, next week, I'm going to be uh, really spending the entire time uh, looking at questions that have been submitted, and if you want to do that, I'm not going to be able to get to all of them, just to uh, uh, let you know, if I don't hit yours next week, uh, feel free to email me, and uh, I'll, I'll do the, the best I can. Today, I want to look at uh, how do we live with greater purpose. Uh, it's, it's really the central question uh, of our lives. I was thinking about this uh, this last week, had an incredible opportunity as a team to learn and grow. Uh, we went to uh, Alabama, of all places. Can you believe that? And as we were in Alabama, Alabama is not known for its computer software. Uh, Alabama is not known for, uh, you know, things like that. But do you know what Alabama has? Some of the best barbecue on earth. I ate barbecue twice a day, and I just have to admit that to you freely. Uh, uh, And hey, wanna say this, a couple of our team members are actually from there, and uh, they're going back to Alabama. James and Brit- Brittany Powell. Uh, James is going to be le- James and Brittany are going to be lead pastors at the church that James grew up in, which is pretty excited. Can we uh, give them a hand? And so now I have. A reason to go back and get more barbecue. <laughs> uh, well, as I was uh, at a, a conference with uh, some Christian leaders, uh, we were thinking about what does it mean for us as a people, as a church, no matter where we're at, if you're in Woodenville or Duval or Issaquah or, or here in Redmond, that what does it mean for us to grow? And that's what I, I want to look at today. And how can we live with more intentionality and purpose. There's a book written a number of years ago now, uh, The Purpose Driven Life. Any of you read that way back when? Okay, a number of you. Uh, Rick Warren wrote that book. In fact, I had the opportunity, used to uh, teach at their conferences. Uh, there. One time, uh, uh, Rick Warren uh, was talking to him, and he asked me for a card, and I didn't have one, and I felt really bad about that. Uh, but I was sort of bitter because he ripped up all that stuff for me anyway about the purpose-driven light. No. Uh, it was uh, one of those things, though, for his life is, how do you help people discover their purpose? D.L. Moody, great evangelist of the last century, said this, our greatest fear should not be failure, but at succeeding at something that really doesn't matter. In Ephesians uh, 2.10, we're told this about our purpose, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Now, we just don't stumble upon this uh, it takes time and energy and effort when it comes to that. What makes this even more complicated is depending on what season you are in your life, uh, your, your purpose that God has for you in this season uh, can change and morph a bit. There are some things that we're called to, uh, if you're a follower of Christ, that we're all called uh, to, to know and to do and to uh, live in. And then there's that specific calling that God has for each of us. So what I want to do is, as best I can in the limited time we have, I want to look at how we uh, discover that, how we live that out. The key idea is this. I want to say this right up front, is you can't just aim at anything. You have to aim at the right things. Uh, we, all, we all know that there can be some things that we uh, chase uh, that aren't necessarily worthwhile. I, I was uh, uh, looking on the internet and at awards, and it's amazing the different awards there are. Uh, they have awards for everything. This one I thought was pretty interesting. It was the Stinky Shoe Award. You actually can get $2,500 if you win this, and you get no friends. That's what you get. Uh, There's the Golden Raspberry Award. Uh, It's an Oscar parody for the uh, worst picture. How many of you have heard of this one before? Yeah, it's uh, this year's was Fifty Shades of Grey. And so, uh, which is a movie you shouldn't be watching anyway because it's naughty. Anyway, uh, there's the, uh, you should watch, you know, good stuff like action adventure flicks. So there's the Ig Nobel Awards, a noble parody for dumbest scientific Discoveries. Uh, this, uh, a couple years ago in medicine, Brian, Brian Whitcomb from Gloucester received one for his research on sword swallowing and its side effects, which he discovered is a sore throat. That's really amazing. And uh, I'm not kidding. Uh, and Juan Manuel of the University of Barcelona uh, did his in linguistics. And showing that rats can't tell the difference between a person speaking Japanese backwards and a person speaking Dutch backwards. So you have all these things that are just sort of, you're like, is it interesting, but not worthwhile? How many of you have been walked down life, a road in life, that seemed right, that seemed interesting, but it turned out not to be very worthwhile? God will use us not when we get our act together, but when we become completely available to him. You think about the people who God uses in the Bible. Uh, He uses Moses, who was a stutterer. uh, And for me, that was great. I stuttered uh, as a kid and really had a hard time overcoming that. Uh, David, who had committed adultery, Rahab, who was a prostitute, Mary, who was just a young teenager, John the Baptist, who let's face it, if you've read the Bible, he was weird. He really was, you know? He ate locusts and wild honey, which I guess he needed that. Uh, Peter was an impulsive guy with no formal religious education. You know what's interesting to me is often who God doesn't use, and That's maybe those of us who think we we have it all together and we don't necessarily need God. God uses again and again those who are available. The people people in this room who will do the greatest things for God are the people who say, God, here I am, send me. You can be a CEO of a big company. We have A number of those at timberlake and you can do something great for god you can uh, be someone with no formal education and you may not think you have a lot of skills but god will use you based on your availability it's interesting uh, i think about uh, my life and as a pastor one of the things i've always wanted to do is be available God. I shared about the first church that I was, well, I wouldn't call it senior pastor because when there's only 37 people in the church, uh, I was senior pastor, secretary, custodian, uh, music director, believe it or not. That was a horrible, you know, they say make a joyful noise. That's not true. Just don't sing. That's what I shouldn't have done. But uh, there, uh, I said, God, I will go. And I went to uh, Kingman, Arizona, which many of you have stopped there to go to the bathroom on the way to Phoenix or Vegas at some point in your life. And uh, my denominational executive at the time, he was very encouraging. He described the town as the end of the longest skid row in America. And, uh, but there was, it's sort of funny, there was this sense of calling. And it didn't become a church of thousands, but we saw God move and the church grow and lives changed. And I think about that, and I've always prayed that I would have the same level of availability to God in my life? Well, as we think about that, uh, think think about God's specific plan for every person. And we're going to get into this more as a church. One of the things uh, we're going to do, one of the things we learned as a leadership team is really uh, how to help us as a church body to grow more. And so what we're going to be doing, we'll roll it out in the next month or two, just some specific opportunities every week. Not, this will replace what we do with membership because it's not just about joining a church. Our prayer and our goal is for who God has called you to be and how you can get on that path and you can experience incredible joy in the process. Well, the first thing God has called you to do is to know him, is uh, to know God. We have uh, the opportunity to know God personally. As I've said before, God has no grandchildren. Each person decides on their own uh, whether or not they're going to become uh, a child of God, and we make that uh, decision. Ephesians 1:16 through 18, the apostle Paul says this, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the uh, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, a glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. See, here's a cool thing. If, you, if this is your first day at church ever, you say, I've never been to church before. In, in God's eyes, you're, you're really the same as every one of us here, because we all have this incredible need to know God. It's not based on church membership. It's not based on anything, except I would, I would have that personal relationship with God. And then uh, the, the second aspect of this, God's plan for every person, is to find freedom and connection. And how do we, we do that? We do that in community. Uh, James says this, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So now what we're going to do in the service is you're going to confess the worst sin you've ever committed out loud, stand up. one. No, we're not going to do that. It happens in smaller groups, in community, where, where we, we don't necessarily, you know, blurt out. By the way, your first day at growth group, don't just tell them every sin you've committed right out of the gate. Uh, But there's people who you trust who you believe will love you if they knew you i know people who are married and you might be one of them that you truly believe if your spouse knew you everything about you that it would be over and that's why some of the loneliest people i know are people who spend months and days and weeks and years together we all long for that acceptance and that freedom. And that comes when someone not knows the us that we present to everyone else, but knows us personally. You know, one of the things we do around growth groups, and we'll start up with that again, it's just an environment and an opportunity for you to make those connections doesn't necessarily happen the first week, but I can tell you, if you're not around people who are trying to, to love God and God and other people, it's probably never gonna happen. Some of you, well, I would say this. For me, the biggest transformation in my life, and I've, you know, I went to seminary, I have got a master's, a doctorate, all of that, I have studied for years. I've taught. Can I tell you the greatest transformation in my life is when I was up at a youth camp and there was a guy, in fact, he was sort of the guy who, like, I was pretty—I didn't even know if he was really a Christian and he seemed like, the, like, like this really gruff guy and I'm sure they weren't gonna invite him back, so I thought, you know what, I'll just tell him everything I've done wrong. <laughs> and uh, we, we got together and, and I shared my heart for the first time and what I experienced was grace. Maybe for you, you you were honest with someone and you didn't experience that. Can I tell you what we're committed to radically as a church is that there will be a low shame level so there can be a high transformation level. And that means that we come as people broken. There, There are things in your past that you may be utterly ashamed of. And as long as you keep that secret, can I tell you what? That secret will keep you. And maybe this is the time where you'd say, God, I am going to find freedom. I've shared this story before. We have groups for everything, for, you know, people who are struggling with uh, alcohol and drugs and, uh, you know, financial freedom, pornography, you you name it. And the idea isn't so, hey, you know, let's what do you do in your alcohol recovery group? It's not like, you know, let's pass around a fifth of whiskey. That's not what we do. People are trying to support each other and help each other get better. I, like I said, I shared the story. I went in one group. I didn't realize it. It was a, a men's sexual addiction group. And I, I was walking in. I saw them uh, there. And I'm like, Doo, do, 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 do. hey, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> and, <laughs> and the best line ever, I've said it many times. One of the guys said, you know what we're doing is we're getting better. And the truth is, they are and were because they believe what it says in the Bible. See, here's the thing. Maybe you were raised in a church where they taught the Bible but didn't believe it. Do you know that teaching the Bible is worthless unless you believe and act upon it? Do you know know who knows the Scripture better than anyone? Satan. And he's not living it out, let me tell you. Uh, says, if, you, if we live it out If we confess our sins to each other And pray for each other You will be healed Some of you, you this is going to be your year You will be healed God is going to work in your life You're going to experience complete deliverance You don't believe it But it's going to happen If you live this out And this isn't just an awkward moment this is God speaking through this ex-stuttering kid so you would no longer have to live in shame and without hope. And that would end in this moment. Well, that happens when we find that connection with other people. Uh, and maybe for you, you're, you lead a growth group. Uh, we're going to have that opportunity. I'm going to talk about ministry opportunities. And then to discover purpose. This is where faith gets exciting. This is where uh, I take my spiritual gifts, my heart, what, what am I passionate about, my abilities, uh, my personality, my experiences. And I take all of those things and I say, God, I want to place them before you and discover the purpose that you have for me. It says in Romans twelve six. It says we have different gifts according to the grace God has given to each of us, and if you don't, know, there's not one gift that's more valuable than another. It, the The Bible describes is like a body, and you need every part of the body. And the truth is, is that you're unique. You really are. Some of you are more unique than others, <laughs> but uh, we, we're, we're unique, we're complex, and we're shaped for a purpose. Well, number four is to make a difference. God has called us to make a difference. And here's the scar- scary part, that Jesus' plan for the world to be transformed is you and me. We're his plan. It says in John 20, verse 21, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. And here's the deal. You never know what that's going to look like. There's this sense of availability. I'm one of these people who uh, I can sometimes be in my own little world, and I don't see that there's a God opportunity in front of me. Now, you will have, every person should have a ministry in the church In a ministry outside of the church, if you're a follower of Christ, even if you became a follower yesterday, there's something that God has for you to do. Uh, When I was in in Alabama, there's sort of of a time differential there, and I couldn't sleep. There all sorts. It was just my schedule was all messed up. So, uh, we were staying about two blocks away uh, from a Waffle House, and uh, it was around midnight. And how many of you have been to a Waffle House? I'm going to pray for your palate right now. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, a Waffle House. Uh, Jim Gaffigan says the sign even looks like a ransom note, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, you know, Waffle Houses are uh, are sort of interesting restaurants. Well, I went in around midnight. Uh, there were four other people in there. Uh, there was lots of interesting conversation around uh, the the Waffle House, and uh, the server there. Uh, so I just sat up at the counter, and the server there was great. She was uh, great, and uh, s- s- talked to her. And I said, "Hey, how, how is your uh, uh, how's your day going?" And she goes, "Well, it's going okay." She said, "This has been a pretty tough weekend," and uh, she described how her last job uh, she went to. She worked at a meet in three. I've never heard one of these. It's in the south. You get like get a meet like uh, in three sides. And uh, she said, that was a good restaurant to work at, and the tips were good. But I came in on Friday, and the doors were locked, and there was a note on the door, there was no more job. And I said, well, are are you going to get your last paycheck? She said, I hope so. And uh, so she said, I'd worked at the Waffle House before, and it doesn't pay as well. And so uh, I decided to, you know, try to see if I could get a job. And so I got a job uh, back at the Waffle House. And uh, she was describing how she had to work the night shift and all of that. And a uh, really, really great person keeping up a pretty good attitude. Uh, it was like, you know, I, I couldn't help thinking of it, though. It was like uh, one of God's, it is God's children, one of God's princesses. And what she needed was a handsome prince to walk into the restaurant. No, the... Uh, <laughs> uh, and. And so I talked and and paid the bill and then uh, left a little tip. And, you know, I I sort of tipped the normal amount and felt this sense where God is saying, like, bless her financially. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Have I told you I'm a little bit frugal? (laughs) And it it was really weird because I really normally don't do, do these things. But it, it was like God was saying, you're going to be one of the ways I'm going to provide for her during this transition. And so I uh, gave her uh, a tip. I sort of did it slyly uh, about the same, uh, a little more than what the bill was, and thinking, you know what I felt? That felt awesome. Because it feels awesome even when you're scared or you're sort of like it's an awkward moment, but God says, I want you to move out in faith, and I want you to do something. And for some of us here, you, you, you're, one, you're saying, I want to grow spiritually, and can I tell you that if you're not actively involved serving God in some way, you still get to go to heaven. Isn't that great? You still get to be part of Timberlake Church. But you're never going to get the spiritual growth you want without it. No, you could say the Bible 24 hours a day. It's not going to happen. There's that sense when we put ourselves out there, and then we have to have God show up. I remember uh, when I was in college, and I was a, a young life leader. First time I ever uh, gave a message, it was one of the weirdest experiences in my life because uh, I'm pretty shy kid, uh, and I, I, but I wanted to tell the story of what Jesus has done in my life. You know what I found? Is the more available I am, the more God will use me. And by the way, that's not just for pastors. In fact, that's for anyone who would just say, you know what, God, I want you to work in my life, and I want to let other people know that there's incredible hope. You look around the world and you see there's a lot of people who have a lot of stuff but there's a sense that there's not the hope that they want in their life. It says this in Matthew 9:36 through 38. It says when Jesus saw the crowds he had compassion on them. Will you underline compassion? Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And the truth is that uh, that still happens today. Now, if you're new around Timberlake, you must think, oh, no, they must need more teachers in the two-year-old's classroom. Uh, well, I'm sure we probably do. Uh, I, as I was at this conference, it, even, honestly, the church, a very well-known church, uh, and they're a large church, so I imagine that has to play in it, but they have, uh, they were talking about their volunteer system and how many volunteers. Uh, percentage-wise, we have pretty much literally double what they do. Our, the percentage of people serving in, at Timberlake is among the highest in the nation, and, and, and that's, you need, to, you need to give yourselves a, a hand for that because it's awesome, it really is. Uh, and and I, for a church our size, I've never, I've never seen a higher percentage of people serving. So, so we're gonna be okay if you don't find your gift and serve. But can I tell you, we could do so much more and God could do so much in you if you would say, here I am, send me. In fact, one of the reasons I think we have, so, and I'll get to this in a moment, one of the reasons we have so many people serving is because uh, we don't guilt people into it. We, I'll tell you every year, a few times a year, I'll say, you know what? If the ministry work- you're serving in isn't working for you, Go ahead and tell your ministry leader, hey, I'm going to move on to another ministry. I quit. Pastor Ben told me I could quit, so I'm moving on. And so there's not a lot of guilt motivation, but there's a sense that I'm going to find the deepest purpose in my life and make the biggest difference in my life when I live according to God's purposes. So what's God's plan for me? Let me just uh, uh, look at this. I'm going to power through these. How do I find out what I'm called to do? What energizes me? Most of the time, by the way, for some of my friends who are from more of a, you know, you feel you're more spiritual, the worst experience you're having. I know people are like, oh, this is really hard and horrible. God must be in it. Do you know that God primarily wants you to serve in a place that gives you joy? There are things that you're going to do just because it needs to be done, sort of like around your house. My job, one of my jobs, I clean up dog poop. That's what I do. Do you know that? That gives me no joy. <laughs> uh, but there are, and if it did, it would be weird. So, <laughs> uh, but, but there are, are, are things we do because they need to be done, but there are things we do because it, it gives us joy. And, and you may not know, and so you just say, hey, I'm gonna serve somewhere to I find some place that's for me, and for example, uh, there are people who literally, they, they love to organize. Um, when it comes to administrative staff, interesting fact, in fact, we probably need to and are gonna hire more administrative staff. We have one of the lowest percentages of, of any church in the Pacific Northwest for a church our size. We put almost all our money into missions and into ministry. And do you know why? Because we have more people serving. Because there are people who fold the programs, who clean the auditorium, who pray for you, who do all this work. And because of that, we're able to put more money into ministry. Uh, we don't do special offerings. I know some of you are bummed. You wish would hit, up yep, two, three times a service. Uh, people even say, people even say, you know, your offering is really, really short. You need to make it longer and people will give more. And I I don't believe in using guilt. Uh, but here's what I do believe in you being radically obedient to Jesus Christ. And we've seen that more people are serving than ever before. More people are giving than ever before. And we use those for God's kingdom purposes. And so, uh, what are you good at? Uh, what energizes you? Uh, do that thing. Uh, if you don't like kids, do the kids a favor. Don't serve in the kids department. Uh, if, you know, there are people, our hospitality teams are incredible. Uh, and they, they just make, you know, all, you think, how can we give all this food after services? And we do it because there are people who have the gift of hospitality. Uh, And then, what have been your experiences? What what have been your experiences? In Romans 8, 28, it says, We know in all things God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That means God will use uh, good experiences, and he'll use bad experiences. I, I get this every once in a while. Someone will go through something terrible, and they'll say, Oh, that just must have been God's will. That's not true. That's not true. There are some systems uh, of belief in, in uh, other religions. Islam, there's this kismet, fate, the idea that, okay, what's gonna, whatever happened to you was supposed to happen. That is not Christianity. Some of you were sinned against, and that was not God's plan. God allows free will, and someone used that free will to hurt you and damage you, but God will use that place of hurt, maybe for your greatest ministry. There are some of us who've made bad—some of us who've made bad decisions. Okay, now we're like a twelve-step group. We've all made bad decisions, haven't we? Uh, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know, I I talked uh, with someone who drives a long way to go to church, he came to Christ at church. And uh, and I said, why do you drive so far? I thought, is it just because, you know, I'm such a great preacher, handsome? You know, I was thinking all these things. He he said, uh, it's because you've shared openly about your struggle with alcohol and how God met you in the midst of that. And he said, you know what? This would be a place for me where I can get real with other people and I can get real with God. God will often use your greatest pain for your greatest ministry. God didn't author it, but he'll use it. Maybe for you, you just need to come to a place, you know, like I said, we have, you know, all sorts of groups for people who struggle with alcohol, drugs, uh, sexual addiction, Uh, overeating you know whatever the you know sin is for support and hope and you are not condemned but we love you enough just like jesus said you got to get well you really do well another question that we need to ask is what do you do well Uh, What do you do well? Uh, Usually God's ministry for you is not going to be in that thing that you're not very good at. It's going to be in that thing uh, that you do well. God has given you a gift. And how do you find that out is you find that out by trying something. Another question is, where can you make the greatest impact? There's someone I know at a church I went to when I was in college. His prayer was the same every year. It was, God, what is the thing that no one else will do that you'd like someone to do and I will do that thing I think sometimes it's it's just our availability uh, to him and then what's your opportunity today it says in Luke 16 10 whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with very much I, I saw someone do this and I thought it was helpful they had uh, uh, th- much like I'm showing you, it's like a ruler. Go ahead and take that out. And you you look at your life, and you say, okay, how... This, this represents my life. Now, you don't know how, how far... Uh, how how are you going to live? How old do you think you're going to live? My youngest daughter, when I said, you know, how old do you think really old is? When she was little, she said, 30. <laughs> So let's say I think I'm gonna live till 80, maybe. We'll see. Depends on how many law days. See this part? Go ahead and, go, go ahead and rip that off. You can, if you think you're gonna all make 100, that's okay, you can do that. So this is the part that gets to go to heaven, right here. And then the part you've already lived. For some of you, this will get depressing. <laughs> okay. You're saying this is a very small piece of paper. (laughs) Here's what I'm asking you to do. This is not for me. Would you say to God, God, with this, this part of my life, I want it to make a difference? And so I dedicate it to your plans and your purposes. And God, not because anyone's guilting me into anything, but because I want to live my purpose, my spiritual purpose for you. God, I I want you to use this. Will you pray with me? Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.